truck and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Thanks for tuning in here today, live and on demand on The Blaze. I'm Steve Dace. Todd and Aaron are here as well. If you'd like to join us today, 888-900-3393 is the number, 888-900-3393. You can also like us on Facebook, but you need to like us a lot there because apparently... Facebook doesn't like us that much. You can follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show or just email the program steve at stevedace.com. And if you're listening today via Blaze Radio or on the podcast, you don't have that tr- trusty graphics package in front of you and you need to know how to spell the last name, it is D-E-A-C-E. And if you are listening today via the podcast, if you wouldn't mind on the platform of your choice, leaving us a five-star review, we would greatly appreciate that. Thousands of you have done this for us already. And we appreciate you for doing so as well. Our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz, will be joining us coming up a little bit uh, later on uh, here at the bottom of the hour. Next hour, we've got a truth bomb. And this one is especially especially for you, my friend. Don't say, you. don't say I've never done anything for you. All right, that's coming up. And you have no idea what it is, do you? None. Yeah, yeah it's coming up a little bit later is it on. hurt? Not you. Think that's fair, Aaron? Uh, apropos. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, do you know how to spell that, by the way? I yeah. don't. A-P-R-O-P-O-S. Really? Yeah. So it's spelled like apropos? Yep. It's apropos? Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay. Things, the more you know. Uh, and then we'll play our weekly game of buy, sell, or hold, and who knows what topics we'll touch on. Maybe the spelling of more obscure words uh, and zany hijinks uh, will ensue. Uh, I, I was checking out what's trending this morning on Twitter when I first got up to look at, uh, you know, get caught up on the news. I've talked before how Twitter's kind of my use as a wire service or in the early days of uh, news on the internet, kind of what, you know, sports pages or Drudge Report used to be, that place where all the bookmarks were to make it easy for you. And our, our buddy Billy Hallowell, friend of the program over at Pure Flix, he was just on the show about a week or so ago. Uh, he actually worked here at The Blaze before we did. Uh, he was talking, uh, he was tweeting out that, uh, it's amazing. We may end up with more presidential candidates in this cycle than we've ever had in the history of the two-party system. And 96% of them are con- are candidates or, and or running on ideas that even a generation or two ago would have just been considered nuts, crazy, no way, out of the mainstream. And And I tweeted back to him, try a decade or two ago. Try a decade or two ago. And what you're, what you're watching take place now Uh, To borrow a phrase from a former president's uh, spiritual guru, who I refuse to refer to as a pastor, America's chickens (sighs) coming home to roost. See, what's happened now is you've allowed communists, basically Marxists. I'm not just throwing that out there as, you know, a a term du jour. I'm not throwing that out there to be all hot takey. You've literally allowed Marxists to run the education system we all have for the last generation. And sooner or later... You know, they were going to churn out, well, Marxists. <laughs> I mean, sooner or later, when you let Marxists teach your kids, they were going to start churning out Marxists, and you're watching that take place now. And, and if you're looking for an option, I want to let you know about some friends of ours. They're called Freedom Project Academy. If you want to be one of the families that have 50 million of your kids right now stuck in America's government schools, and you're looking for a Dunkirk, or you're looking for an EVAC, 
give Freedom Project Academy, uh, give them a try. Real world skills like reading, writing, and arithmetic, American history, gone. And we had that clip yesterday of Tucker Carlson talking about how he thinks in 20 years, uh, America's students will believe white supremacists pulled off 9-11. All right. So uh, these are the lost arts, the, the lost pillars of American civilization, and they're trying to recover them and uh, rebuild the walls there uh, at Freedom Project Academy. It's an accredited classical online skill, school built on uh, Judeo-Christian values for students in kindergarten through high school. And uh, this has interactive, small, traditional classrooms. You do this from home uh, where students across the country are instructed by live teachers. If you want to get more information, go to this website, freedomforschool.com. That's freedom for school, all one word, freedomforschool.com. And now here's Aaron with what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by bleep you and the borough you wrote in on. That was the response from media watchdog media matters to Ben Shapiro as he called out Washington Post columnist Talia Levin for publishing a blatant lie about Shapiro in a recent column regarding the burning of Notre Dame Cathedral. The piece claimed Shapiro was blaming Muslims for the blaze by quoting a tweet where he said the edifice was a symbol of Western civilization. Cory Booker said this recently about the pain-capable Unborn Child Protection Act. And so there's this recent bill about, uh, that caused a lot of controversy, where I had people you know, from church communities that I frequent say to me, did you vote against uh, this thing that allows us to kill babies when they're born? And I'm like, that is a felony, that is a crime, that, that cannot happen under any law. This was something that was put forward to try to further create schisms and differences between us. Schisms and differences between us. Yeah, aren't the real divisions caused by the forceps? More evidence Nancy Pelosi has no control over her party. Do you think, as some in your own party have suggested, that you yourself weren't swift enough to defend Ilhan Omar? Well, I, I haven't had a chance to speak with her. I'm traveling, she's traveling, but we couldn't catch up with her until I talked to somebody. I don't even know what was said. This is the scene as Candace Owens attempted to have a dialogue with some students before an event at the University of Pennsylvania. Yes, that's white Antifa members telling a black speaker to get the bleep out. So that's cool. Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey recently said the company is going to begin looking to change the way people use their service to go from following specific people to topics of interest. An elderly female pro-life activist was attacked outside of Kentucky's only abortion facility last week. The attack left her with a broken leg and the need for surgery. Michelle Bachman says, And I will say to your listeners, in my lifetime, I have never seen a more biblical president than I have seen in Donald Trump. He has so impressed me with what he's done. And we haven't even talked about Israel, well, what he has done to, to advance we Israel. We're so he there. is highly biblical. And I would say to your listeners, we will in all likelihood never see a more godly biblical president again in our lifetimes. And that's what happened while we were away. <laughs> I can't. I just, I can't get big. <laughs> I can't. Sackcloth. What's next? Ashes. 
I, you know what? I've, I've totally lost my train of thought. You want to do the sports show again? Um, Aaron's Montage, brought to you by our friends at Genesis 950. If you're thinking of uh, replacing your carpets here this spring cleaning season, due to all those pet stains that uh, accumulated over the winter months, uh, when it got a little harder uh, to take a, uh, to take uh, the dog, the pet, the salamander, whatever your pet is, uh, out when, when needed, uh, give Pet Genesis 950 a try before you make the huge investment to switch out those carpets. It is not cheap. And I know they give you like these really low numbers in the uh, in the commercials for new carpet. You realize that's like by the square foot, right? So you got to like multiply it by a lot of other numbers. Trust me, it's it's I've done it. It's it's not a cheap option. All right. So if you're tired of pet cleaners that don't work, or if you're so frustrated, you're like, I'm just going to get all new carpeting before you make that major expense. Give Genesis 950 a try. Uh, it's also got uh, an antibacterial component that will get all the way down into the padding because that's where that's where the gnarly stuff remains. So even though on the outside the carpet looks great, still kind of smells a little gnarly in there. That's because the padding uh, is retaining uh, some of those pet odors as well. That's why you want to give Genesis 950 a try too. And then you can also use this all over your home. Uh, you can use it uh, in bathrooms, kitchens, on that uh, really nice granite countertop, on that real oil and greasy stained garage floor. Give this a shot. Uh, get your Genesis 950 directly at the website. Genesis950.com is the site. Genesis950.com. And if you use code BLAZE, when you check out, you'll get a discount and a spray bottle. I'll throw that in there for you as well as the discount, all right? So promo code BLAZE at the website, genesis950.com. That's genesis950.com. We're going to talk uh, about Nancy Pelosi. We, we did a roundtable yesterday about this just for our Blaze subscribers. If you haven't had a chance to see that, you should go watch it. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring Daniel into that conversation here at the bottom of the hour. Because I'd be curious to see how he views, if he views it similar to us, what, what's going on over there right now. with, And the way that Christine Amanpour f- framed the question yeah. to her from a pro-Ilan Omar. Uh, and it was interesting, too, when, uh, you know, you had uh, What's-Her-Face from uh, 60 Minutes, whose name escapes. Leslie Stahl, thank you. Uh, Leslie Stahl, when we had the clip yesterday. Well, there's more than just five people. I mean, she's getting questions framed to her from a hostile perspective. From the left of her. But it's, but it's not from the right. You're right. It's from the left of her. You're right. So we're going to talk to, uh, to Daniel Horowitz about that coming up uh, at the bottom of the hour. Today's Blaze Roundtable, by the way, we're going to take a look at Cory Booker's response to the uh, Child Protection Act, to the infanticide debate, because what's going to happen here? And we've talked about this before. And even though we find uh, some of what Michelle Bachman says there ridiculous, okay, um, we also find Orange Man Bad equally ridiculous on this show. So don't feel personal. We, we're not just picking on you. We just we dislike a lot of you. It's not just you. Um, it, it, Trump is going to force them to defend this issue in terms they've never had to defend it before. He's just going to do that. And this is not, with this next election cycle, we're not just going to have your typical talking points for each side. And he kind of signaled this in the last election when he went over the top on the, on the typical judge's answer Republicans have given for 25 years. And he said, I'm not going to just appoint pro-life judges. I'm going to appoint judges that are going to overturn Roe versus Wade. He used that exact language. 
and he's already signaled to you on this infanticide topic. We're not, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to color outside the lines here. He's moving the Overton window on this and he's going to use language he's, terms he's used in public. He's used is execute. I believe hasn't he used that term yeah. execute children. Uh, I mean, he is speaking in terms he's, he's prying open the, with the Overton window has told us we were allowed to say publicly about baby murder. And we're going to debate on our roundtable today if if that answer that Cory Booker gave, if that if that's going to be kind of the Democrats' pat answer to this, and will that be sufficient when you have Trump on the other side, no matter who their nominee, is going to beg this question repeatedly, repeatedly. And one thing Trump has shown you is he loves cultural flashpoints. You may not get the you may not get the action on his rhetoric that you want when the debate is over. But he will debate this in terminology much more similar to the kind of terms we would use on a show like this than what we have heard typical Republicans debate and utilize in those conversations. So we're going to talk about that on the roundtable later today. Let's start with what you let off your montage with, though, and and that's the Washington Post's treatment of Ben Shapiro. And there's an update on this. They've actually ran an updated version of her story, which still doesn't actually address anything, any of the corrections that he's asked for. And you can see, you know, The Economist last month uh, referred to Ben as an alt-right figure. Uh, they have, in this column in the Washington Post, they they have Shapiro, um, he's sandwiched between references to Mike Cernovich, some of you may know who that is. He's a guy that kind of was one of those Trump Trumpista grifters that came out of nowhere who prior to Trump running for president was literally tweet, tweeting about his semen tasting like fruity pebbles. And I'm not making that up. Um, and, and then suddenly discovered he could now become a political culture warrior. And so he kind of became one of these uh, new hotnesses during the 2016 campaign. And then the last time I heard his name, he was actually tweeting out Maybe the West needs to embrace Islam or a moderate form of Islam because it's clear Christianity failed us. Do you remember we talked about that Mm -hmm. at the time? You guys remember that? Okay. So they've sandwiched in between him and then Richard Spencer, who is kind of the the new David Duke figure. So even in the framing of how this column is presented about comments with— uh, the the burning down of the cathedral at Notre Dame. They're 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 just in the way they're presenting him. They're trying to frame him, a, a Jew, and a pretty orthodox one and conservative one at that, um, who has to because of threats and things he's received from members of the audiences of the two of some of of a couple of the guys we just referenced doesn't travel anywhere in America without protection. They're trying to frame him. And rightfully so, and, or, and, 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 and not rightfully so, they are obviously doing this because he has become, and he works for technically a competing company, but he has become the biggest star in conservative media. When you look at his total reach, um, the crowds he draws on the speaker circuit, he is, he's, he's, he's the new rush. And... That's exactly why they're trying to frame him. But the problem is he doesn't check a lot of the traditional boxes. And so they're, they're, they're going to ridiculous lengths to frame him as somebody that is not a legitimate voice. He's just another, you know, neo-racist, neo-confederate, et cetera. Yeah. And we're reaching the next stage in the divorce here. 
that's why we're talking about this today. We're not really particularly interested in fact-checking mainstream media on a regular basis, even though that's a, that's a boom business and it's to our detriment. We're just all kind of intellectually bored with it. So this is not, you know, ah, this is not another rant against biased media. We, we, we know that ministry of information lies. So, um, you know, sun is hot, water wet, and fire burns, film at 11. I mean, we're, we're going to let other people, uh, if I have to go back and just keep, you know, picking low-lying fruit to make a living around here, I'll, I'll pick funner low-lying fruit like sports. <laughs> we're, we're bored with that intellectually. Here's why this is an important story. Yesterday, we had David Harsanyi from The Federalist on the show talking about a totally different context and a set of issues. But one of the things him and I discussed is, you know, when, it, when, when a relationship is headed for a permanent breakup, one of the signs is when the benefit of the doubt is removed. And, and resentment has become so solidified that you want to believe. You need to. You need to believe the worst of the worst. And frankly, we have actually seen it. it it's more prevalent. I agree. It's far more prevalent on the left. But we, we, I've seen it in just the last 24 hours in the, in the not left America. You know, um, I have no idea. I, I didn't find Ilan Omar's comments on the Notre Dame Cathedral. Did you find those offensive? I'm, I'm asking you. Did you find them offensive? No. Did you find them offensive, Aaron? No. Then tell me why my Twitter feed was lit up yesterday with her latest her latest defense. Because it's Ilan Omar. Yeah, because this is now where we're clickbaiting her. This is this is now where, and and when once we start doing this, understand our ability to objectively and with integrity in front of the 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 rest of the culture that's in the jury box watching. When we overreach like this, we impact our ability to hit her on the stuff that she's literally exposing herself on. I mean, what, how much, how much of Ilan Omar's actual views do we actually know? Why do we need to clickbait and, um, and exaggerate her comments on the burning of, of Notre Dame? Why do we need to do that? Why did the boy who cried wolf cry wolf so many times? Yes. It's some of it. Some of it is just a strictly financial decision. Let's be honest. Some of it is, I just need fresh material because, as we like to say around here, the bait ain't going to click itself. That is some of it. Hell, it might even be a lot of it. But there's another part of it, too. I need her to be, and another thing, I, I, I need, I, the resentment is so solidified that I need her to be, what we already know about her is bad enough. I, I need this, too. We've had this conversation in another context, haven't we? I need Trump to be a Russian agent. I, I need that. All the stuff that we know isn't good enough for you or maybe bad enough for you. You need this too. See, what's happening is the resentment now is becoming so crystallized. It's becoming so cemented that no, no benefit of the doubt is, is, is it's becoming far less possible. I guess I don't want to say it's impossible yet. And maybe I'm naive to even say that. But that's where we're getting, where we're going now. So I, I need to believe an Orthodox Jew who has earned 
the ire of the Mike's crowds following Mike Cernovich. And I don't think Mike Cernovich is the same as Richard Spencer either. I just think they're not the same. Okay. But he's drawn similar ire from the crowds following both of these men. But because he is a credible representative of the viewpoint, I want to end. I need Ben Shapiro to be this archetype. I need it. It has to happen. And so we're going we're gonna to move on. We're moving into the next phase of this divorce. The first phase, the, 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 I don't think it was the first phase. How about we call it the previous phase? The previous phase was like what The Economist did. We'll throw it out there. And then when there's pushback, we'll issue the correction. Soon the corrections will all end. We're going to be out of the correction business here real quick. Okay. And, and you see that in their defense of their actions of Covington Catholic. Well, we, we were just reacting to events in real time. And they were, but they were reacting to them without any empathy, without any benefit of the doubt. Which means there was, there's no need for us to investigate any other side because there couldn't possibly be one. It's CNN saying, uh, well, we don't investigate. We just, we're reacting to headlines. We're not, you know, we don't have, we don't, you're right. You ever, you've never seen the CNN investigative reports? You've never seen any of that, Todd, in your journalism career? They've never investigated anything over there at CNN. No, they just ran with the Mueller stuff because they just, or their Mueller fantasies, because they just wanted it to be true. They needed it to be true. And so in any, in, in any intimate relationship, work, where you work closely with people, marriage would be, you know, one of the ultimate examples of one. But in any intimate relationship, when the benefit of the doubt ceases, and you're no longer, even when you're angry, after you're done being angry, you're not willing to do any extra work at all to find a benefit of the doubt for why this, the other party in this relationship upset you or disappointed you. But you are, you want to just now assume the worst most sinister motivations possible across the board. Coexistence will cease soon. Now, what? how long is soon? I don't know. You know, five minutes, 50 years? I don't know. But it's imminent. I mean, unless there's a, re- pardon expression, unless there's a revival of that relationship, then... I mean, it's all over but the shouting. We just haven't signed the papers yet. And I think we're moving into that next stage here, gentlemen. Your thoughts? Well, yeah, we're certainly moving there. Remember that uh, when it comes to progressives, the things that they're often accusing you of, they are guilty of themselves. They need, uh, they, they can't win a uh, Socratic uh, dialogue. They haven't been able to do that as long as Steve has had a show. He's emphasized that. If this is about ideas, they will win. So they need Ben uh, to be a, a caricature um, because that is, in fact, what they are. They are so easily exposed. Uh, it, it's to the point, Steve said, that we will talk about later on the uh, roundtable about uh, uh, progressives like Cory Booker are going to have to answer the abortion question in ways they've never had to uh, before. So uh, the, the, the slippery slope, you know, used to be, a nice little kitty slip and slide. It, you'll end up at the bottom sooner anyways. It's tilted uh, like this now. And um, no one's saying we on the way down. There are actually three stories in that montage that are related. 
uh, in rather dystopic 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 ways. Is that a way? Sure. Dystopian ways. Um, first is is the story about Shapiro. The mm-hmm. second is that story about Pelosi, and the third is the story about Twitter. Um, that that was in there as well. The same media that is trying to smear Ben Shapiro is the same media that is questioning Nancy Pelosi, a representative from Silicon Valley, from the left. Now, why in the world would uh, Twitter want to um, – wh- why would they want to change from following specific people to specific topics or individual topics or areas of interest? Why would they want to do that? Because every now and then there is somebody like a Ben Shapiro. They're very few and t- far between. But there's – every now and again, there is somebody – on the right, who is too big, has too big of a platform for them to just smear and get away with. And so, okay, we need to get, we need to uh, de-platform them, essentially. That's that's where all of this is going, because the same people um, questioning uh, Pelosi from the left are the same people that are running Silicon Valley, that are running these big tech companies. And so that should There's be a big photo out today with Google execs and Planned Parenthood execs huddling together yeah. and posing together. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same. It's the same type of uh, same type of uh, of story. And so, I, again, what what does this mean to you if they have no problem trying to smear Ben Shapiro? And even getting called out for it and even issuing a correction that's not a correction. Same thing happened with The Economist last month as well. Ben Shapiro can push back Mm -hmm. because he has a platform. They try to do something to you. They try to do something to you in your 10,000, 20,000, 30,000 person town. Yep. If you're on the school board. Yes. If you want to question the school board, you're not going to have a benefit of the doubt. You are screwed. Preach. I'm sorry. That's just that's just the re, that's the reality of it because that is the ideology driving this. And there will be people who think, and we've talked about this before. Oh, tsk tsk. That's just such a crying shame. But you know, there were you were violating some norms. You're, you know, there are going to be people who yep. stand by uh, as this happens. But these are the same people. It's just happening right in front of us on a much larger scale. But these are the same people. That are your neighbors, that are on your school board, yeah. yada, yada, yada. Did, and it should be very sobering to all Did you see last week, I think it was Matt Iglesias just bragging out loud at how effective the press was at convincing people that the tax cut mm-hmm. really didn't help them? Yeah, see, here's the thing, too. They're not unaware of what happened with, with Ben Shapiro and The Economist last month. They're not unaware that Ben Shapiro has run afoul. Of, this is not, they're not uninformed. That's, they don't care. They don't, they don't care. This is not news to them. He's been freaking Shapiro, guys. He's the number one star in, in conservative media, which means he's the number one star. He's one of the biggest stars in all of American media. Freaking Captain America, Chris Evans, debates him on Twitter, okay? His views, who he is, his religion, were, none of, they're, they're not unfamiliar with these things. He's not the new hotness here. And they don't care because this, we're in shameless territory now. No benefit of the doubt at all. And I hope you paid close attention to what Aaron just said. Because it's right on the money. It's one of the wisest things anybody has said on this show so far this year. 
if they're going to do this to somebody like Shapiro in public with the size of his platform, how well-known he is, and his ability to push back, what will they do to you in your town when you get on the school board or you run for city council or you put a sign in your yard? Maybe one day when you put a cross in your yard. Do you have itchy ears, ear pain, that plugged up feeling? Are you constantly asking people to repeat themselves? If these problems sound familiar to you, you could be like millions of Americans forced to visit the doctor this year for professional ear cleaning. But now you can get the same results in the comfort and convenience of your own home and, and, without a prescription too. It's called WaxRx. It uses a physician-developed technology that safely and effectively removes earwax buildup and then will soothe the ear. With that pH-conditioned formula, you can try WaxRx that I mentioned without a prescription. You can also try it risk-free today. Just go to usewaxrx.com. That is the website. Usewaxrx, all one word. Usewaxrx.com. And while you're there, use offer code radio at checkout for free shipping. That's usewaxrx.com. Offer code radio at checkout for free shipping. Usewaxrx.com. So when we come back here uh, in a few minutes, uh, our weekly profit of woe and lamentation Daniel Horowitz is going to join us. We're going to, we're going to get his thoughts on is Nancy Pelosi, is she about to become the Dems cigarette smoking man here? Is she getting John Baynard? And then he, some interesting voter registration numbers that Daniel sent me last night. Uh, we're going to talk about those as well, what the trend line is around the country. May surprise you. Uh, we'll get to that and more when we go inside politics with Daniel Horowitz here next. Stay tuned. <laughs> We've got a new partner on the show I'm looking forward to trying, especially as I get older, man. Even I got to use that trigger point roller now like every day in my workouts. Are, I'm, are you serious? I That's am. literally what I was just doing in the break because my back is just killing me today. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Like one of those ball things? Yeah. 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 And I've got to get like the, and I, this sounds like a, maybe a commercial for another product, but I got to get the one of the ridges. All right. That's That's a little bit uh, more difficult. It gets, cause I got this one hip flexor. You know what? We're getting to TMI territory. That, that's why I'm looking forward to trying our, our new partner uh, relief factor. Cause I'm one of the millions of Americans that deals with daily pain. In my case, it is self-induced, but it's to avoid the other self-induced pain of uh, being formerly uh, morbidly ob- obese. So we've got a ton of people here around the blaze that use relief factor uh, on a regular basis and have gotten amazing results with it. It's hundred percent drug free uh, created by doctors. Uh, it's got four key ingredients. You know me, the fewer the ingredients, typically the more excited I am about something. Four key ingredients that help uh, your body win the battle in the fight against inflammation. And you can try their trial pack for just a dollar a day. It's a three-week quick start to see if it works for you. And the vast majority of people who try this end up using the product on a regular basis. So the three-week quick start pack of of, of uh, Relief Factor, it's just nineteen ninety five. All right, just nineteen ninety five for three weeks. So give it a shot. What do you got to lose? Except maybe some of that pain. Relieffactor.com is the website. Relieffactor.com. Daniel Horowitz joins us now to take us inside politics, our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation back with us on The Blaze. Good to see you, Daniel. How are you? We're doing all right. You know what? Maybe we won't have so much woe and lamentation today. Well, you you put, you sent me something last night, and I wanted to have our audience take a look at this. Uh, these are voter registration changes 
since the midterm elections. In states where party registration statistics are regularly updated online, uh, out of 95 million voters potentially in these 23 states, there are, listen to this, almost 300,000 fewer Democrats. There are more than 250,000 fewer Republicans. And there are more than 100,000 more third-party or independent voters. Those numbers say what to you, Daniel? Well, I believe that now independent voters are 28% of the electorate. I would be one so, of them, yeah. So pretty pretty much on par with, uh, with the major parties. It's very simple. Both sides suck, and everyone agrees to that. Um, you know, so many people spend their lives on Twitter fighting with each other, you know, R versus D, red versus blue. But I think when it comes down to most issues, it's gold cat versus gold squirrel. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. If you would speak to most Americans, if they're not hardcore hacks in any one direction, let's just make this bipartisan. There's this general feeling that our government doesn't represent us, right? Just that straight up that we don't have a social compact intact anymore Hmm. i think most people would agree to that and the reality is nobody wants where the democrats are taking us everyone's confused about what republicans stand for and i think this is really born out of the 2016 elections in many respects trump was kind of that third party guy and that's why despite all of his flaws and all the things he did during the campaign that would have downed a typical candidate um, yes either from a messaging standpoint or just from a um mechanical mechanics of campaign standpoint they didn't have much of a ground game going a lot of people were just starving for something new and and it tells me it tells me if you had let's just say let's just paint a picture here of a very popular college football coach never really involved in politics comes in as an independent candidate and is able to get a lot of traction. Well, let's just put Trump and Pelosi aside for a minute. Let's say four years from now, everyone's fresh, everyone's new, and just harnesses some of these America first issues. Like, what what happened to us? What happened to the guy that just kind of wants to be left alone, doesn't want government to give him anything but take anything from him, but really rail against cultural Marxism, illegal immigration, foreign interventions, things like that. That guy would spread like wildfire. Yeah. The problem is there's no corporate interest to sustain a national campaign like that. So they'd have to be independent, wealthy, independently wealthy, like, say, a Donald Trump, for example. And I think when you look at his presidency so far, I said this yesterday. Tell me if you agree or disagree. I think he's been extraordinarily ineffective in moving his party substantively on really anything whatsoever. Um, but I, but I think he's been extraordinarily effective in moving the Democrats out into the open about who they really are. Okay. Um, which further illustrates something you have said for years. What if, if what I just said is true, that he has been extraordinarily ineffective in moving his own party in any direction towards keeping most of the promises he made in the last election, but he's been extraordinarily effective in moving the Democrats out from behind their talking points to expose they really are Marxists. If what I just said is true, then it also reinforces something you've said for years and cements it as true as well, which is there really isn't a political party and a platform that represents people like us that can be acted upon. We are, we are, we have no representation really in the United States of America. But, but Steve, when I say that, I don't just mean 
for hardcore intellectual conservatives. I mean that there's a swath of people that aren't registering as Democrats. They might buy into some of the stuff the media says about Trump that's maybe not true. They might not like Trump. They might not like Republicans. But they are eminently gettable if you had a new conservative party that didn't even label itself as such, but starting with a clean slate. I got to find this, and I'll send it to you when I find it. But last year, or maybe it was two years ago, Nate Silver did a podcast on— From 538, for those that don't know. And 538. He's the guy whose liber- claim to fame was he, he called the 2012 election exactly correct when he worked for the New York Times. He was their original—he was the kind of the original analytical forecaster and then kind of broke out on his own and started 538 after that. Yes. Exactly. And he's personally a big lefty. But, you know, he's more of a, a, a data guy, mm-hmm. you know, prognosticator, um, and he'll he'll call it like it is. And he said on a podcast, I'll never forget this, that our country has never been more ripe for a new party. And he said it's not going to be that third party that the elites think it would be this Hickenlooper Kasich type of thing. Hickenlooper was a Democrat governor of Colorado. Kasich was an allegedly Republican governor from Ohio that would get together and have this like elitist third way, which is really just, you know, liberalism that's too ashamed to um, go by the label. No, it would be, in his words, he said, a coalition of people against cultural Marxism. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that that's the way he said it. And, and, and this is a guy who's a big liberal himself. Mm-hmm. And I believe that is so true. You look at some of the other data there and you'll see, for example, example, California. Demo- Republican registration went backwards. Democrat registration actually went up. There's parts of the country that reflect that alt-left that are irrevocably gone. Yep. And that that trend is holding. But I think still to get to 51% in American politics, and that's representative of Florida, where Democrats lost a lot more than Republicans did, but independents gained tremendously. Florida is as a classic state you could wrap up. And I would argue that the fact that polls show Ron DeSantis is is uh, the the most popular governor in America, and he's not just a staunch conservative from Idaho. He's in a battleground state achieving those numbers. To me, Ron is that type Arguably of guy. Arguably the most expensive, most pivotal battleground state in the, in, the, in the country is the state he's the governor of, you could argue. And at a time, by the way, when Republicans got slaughtered in most middle ground areas in uh, the 2018 elections, he won – against uh you know a lot more money so look is it safe to say that ron DeSantis ran on trump's platform without uh that one mexican judge or uh bleeding out of her whatever meaning trump he ran on trump's platform without trump's personal incendiary think that's a suffice uh description exactly he's smart he's articulate he's got a harvard and yale degree but he exudes blue collar, uh, you know, a, a blue collar persona, and nobody's ever accused him of being an elitist. That's for sure. But without the baggage, he's smart. He understands the issues, and frankly, he's committed to seeing them through. I think a guy like that, were he to come out without any pre-existing um, baggage or pre-existing uh, could he labels, get? So let's be realistic. Do you think a guy like that could get? You know, the best George W. Bush got was like right around 40. Could he get 43, 45 percent of the Hispanic vote? Could he get um, 15 percent of the black vote, a candidate like that? I I, I don't think it's possible to get in the 40s of the Hispanic vote. I'm 15 percent of the black vote. I'm not sure. But but we don't need to get there yet. 
the key is if you hold the white suburban vote that we had through the last couple of years and you just hold the blue collar vote that we've um, that are coming in droves away from the Democrat Party. I think that would be enough as long as you don't bleed worse. This is an important point you're making because what Trump did is he did add voters. There, oh, yeah. he, there's no doubt about that. I mean, estimates are anywhere from three and a half to six million people who voted twice for 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 Obama voted for Trump. Okay, the problem is he did it with a messaging that was at the expense of other traditional voting blocks. Meaning he didn't build upon the Romney Bush. McCain typical Republican coalition, he exchanged those white suburban voters for yeah. white blue collar rural voters. All right. Yeah, and so yeah. what you're looking yeah. for is someone who can thread the needle and put a message in a profile as a candidate together that could actually make them one force instead of one in exchange or at the expense of the other. Now, to some extent, some might say that, you know, it, it, it's two sides of a coin and they're mutually exclusive. It's the thesis of Sean Trende's book on the lost majority, how, mm-hmm. you know, when you try to achieve one demo, you lose others. But I think what you see here is that that's where the first thing you said comes into play with the Democrats. I think if you had Democrats of the 1990s, that would be true. They might be turned off by maybe some of the things even you and I would would push and, and go into – um, the hands of the former Democrat Leadership Council DLC type of members uh, back in the Bill Clinton days. But when you have Ocasio-Cortez and these people become the face of that party, I mean, they're, 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 they're going to bleed suburban voters just as much as they, they bleed, you know, more or less educated white voters. Mm-hmm. So I think, I mean, the, this, Steve, this is what keeps me up at night. This is why I am so into woe and lamentation. This is why I am so pissed off. I am like Jeremiah before the destruction of the temple, not at the destruction. It doesn't have to I, end this way. That's what you keep screaming happen. out. Right. It's like it doesn't have to. You know, a lot of a lot of other people in the doomsday crowd like me are more at peace than I am. And the reason is because they're like, Daniel, we're done. But I, I, I don't think it has to be that way. I mean, I think the Democrats are bleeding voters quicker than they could achieve them through their immigration policies and their ed- education policies. And I think we have a very you know, small, narrow window of electoral viability to jam our foot in there and push back. So that's a good segue to the other thing I wanted to talk to you about this week. We did a roundtable on this yesterday on The Blaze, and we had Nate Madner, congressional correspondent, with us. And I'd love to get your viewpoint on this, because this is now three straight days it's been in the news. The first two days were things Nancy Pelosi provoked. She clearly wanted to send a message. Uh, that, uh, you know, Mama Bear is home. It's time to discipline the children. And the stuff with Ocasio-Cortez, Ilhan Omar, Tlaib, these people has gone far enough and it's hurting their party. And then yesterday, the third day, now she's doing doing an interview with Christine Amanpour, who's now challenging her from the Ilhan Omar, pro-Ilhan Omar perspective. And she's dropping stuff like, well, I don't even know what was said. Is it possible can she rein in this? You know, they 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 turned, they took progress, these progressives like Pelosi cynically used this intersectionality crowd, this openly avowed socialist crowd. They cynically used them to get what they wanted, which was power. Pro- believing that they just put them, they'd be able to sister soldier them later and put the genie back in the bottle. Can you really do that with the religious fervor? Can you, can, because I, I began wondering, thinking maybe she could, you know, for all of her space cadetness, you're talking about the only woman 
in the history of this country to be Speaker of the House not once but twice. She understands how the machine works up there, okay? So I thought she might be able to put the cats back in the duffel bag. I'm now beginning to wonder if she's going to be their cigarette smoking man, if she's getting Baynard right now. Because you've got Democrat candidates running for president, Daniel, and, and this is the base that they all believe simultaneously they need to curry favor with. So they're radicalizing this base and being radicalized by them. All at the same time, Nancy Pelosi is trying to get them in line. Is this something you think she can pull off or not? I think it's the worst combination for the Democrats. On the one hand, no, she cannot rein them in. But on the other hand, I don't think she's going to get Baynard because I think she does have too much power and they don't have enough power on the inside. Here's the reality. Because of everything we just talked about, there is no Democrat base outside of what Ocasio-Cortez is offering because anyone else, they might be voting Democrat now because they don't like Trump, they don't like Republicans, tradition, or any other reason. But they're not emphatically pushing any of this, and they're the type of people that I believe that if you actually had a third party, they would be very open to joining if not joining it uh, eagerly and immediately. So what you have left in terms of the operatives and the people that are actually energized are all those people. Mm -hmm. So, you know, these people are, are, you know, they're not going to be controlled. And and to their credit, I think also they actually do believe in what they're saying. I agree with you. I mean, Ilhan Omar, say what you want about her. But she believes what she believes about Jews. Mm -hmm. She believes what she believes about jihad. And she's not going to. Um, back down on that. Whereas even our like hardcore Freedom Caucus conservatives, it's kind of BS. And I think you know that. Mm-hmm. So um, in other words, these guys will not be reined in, nor does she have the ability because of their base. Now, I also th- but, but on the other hand, on the inside, if she was able to survive losing the House in 2010 and still remain the party leader, certainly now that they're still officially on a high after she won that election, I don't think they're going to be able to get rid of her. So you're going to constantly have this friction. The other problem you're going to have is the financial end. You have to understand as much of a communist as Pelosi is, and she supports certain things. Do you know that she officially opposes single payer, for example? Mm. And the reason is very simple because they have de facto single payer right now. We have single payer, but it's funneled through what I call venture socialism. Mm -hmm. It's funneled through the insurance healthcare cartel. Now, it's just as destructive, in my view, as single payer, but that's where they get all their money from. If if they were to adopt what Ocasio-Cortez wants, substantively, I don't think it's much worse than what Republicans already agreed to now. But in terms of politically with campaign cash, you are shutting down even the cartel. If you want direct European socialism, where are you going to get your money from? Uh, yes. The dirty little secret is they donate to Democrats, not conservatives, not people like Chip Roy. So um, they're going to have this constant friction with the with the moneyed interests. The moneyed interests are on the left, but not that type of left. That's a great place to to leave it here this week. Good to see you, my friend. We'll do it again next week. All right. Take care. God bless. God bless. So you we've entered that zone where a lot of our New Year's resolutions have lost all their resolve. And particularly that one about uh, getting healthier and losing weight. I've been there. I fought the battle of the bulge, still fighting it for the last 10 years of my life because uh, I I lost it and kept surrendering uh, the previous 10 years, you know? So there's two reasons why your resolve is gone. One is uh, you suck. You didn't do your job. So you got to quit quitting, get up off your ass and keep trying because you're worth it. People love you and, you know, don't eat yourself to death. There's another reason though, particularly the older we get. 
uh, our metabolisms just aren't what they used to be. And that's where Riduzone comes in. It's got three ingredients. One of them's rice. Its main ingredient, OEA, which is really the main substance found in olive oil. Our bodies produce it. It just doesn't produce as much the older we get. Uh, And that's one of the reasons our metabolisms slow down. Uh, So go to the store right now, drink an entire bottle of olive oil every day. Uh, to help stoke your metabolism on one hand and regulate it to send that signal to your body, you're full on the other. Or if you're like, that's a little intense, um, aggressive, try just one capsule of Riduzone, all the same results. And right now, 30% off a three-month supply. It's important to note this, by the way, Riduzone is not a stimulant, right? We, this is, you know, this is not something in a little bottle that you get at a gas station that gives you j- none of that stuff, okay? So Riduzone. R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E, Riduzone.com. Uh, right now, they're running 30% off a three-month supply if you use promo code Steve. Hey, that's me. Promo code Steve at Riduzone.com, R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E. All right, when we come back, Todd, we got a truth bomb just for you. I'm buckled up. And then we're going to play our fun little game known as Buy, Seller, Hold, Hour 2, on its way here at The Blaze. Stay tuned. And we are back with Hour 2, live and on demand on The Blaze. I'm Steve Dace. They be Todd and Aaron, and you be you. 888-900-3393 is the number. 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email us. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Our weekly fun little game known as Buy, Seller, Hold is coming your way in just a few minutes. We'll have a truth bomb for you in un momento as well. But... Um, do you have a cell phone? And the answer is probably yes. It's almost impossible to live in America without one today. In fact, we haven't had a landline in our house in like four years. All we have now are cell phones. Uh, that's more common nowadays than not having one. Uh, if you've shopped around, you may live in an individual part of the country where, where you live, one cell phone network is better than the other. But if you look, uh, you know, comprehensively across the country, they pretty much are all within about 1% of the same coverage networks because there's only four networks because it costs so much money uh, to uh, maintain, build towers, uh, et cetera. So really the biggest difference in cell phone companies is what they do with your money after you give it to them. Uh, And if you look at all the leftist uh, endeavors that a lot of these companies will donate to, they're also the people that are promoting shadow bans on Twitter, Facebook, uh, blocked ads on YouTube. Uh, it, it you know told the recent unplanned movie uh, it was an accident that your Twitter account just happened to get shut down the very weekend uh, the movie came out. Here, if you want to fight back, here's how you can do it. Uh, check out. Patriot Mobile, where you can fight back with it, with veteran-led Patriot Mobile, America's only conservative cell phone company. Uh, every phone call you make has uh, the potential to protect your God-given rights. Every bill has the potential that you pay uh, to fight for your freedom. You get the same reliable nationwide coverage from any other network. The difference here, though, is your hard-earned money is going to support causes and organizations you believe in. 
like Alliance Defending Freedom or PragerU. Uh, and plans start as low as $25 a month, so why wait? Call 1-800-A-PATRIOT right now. That's 1-800-A-PATRIOT. Make sure the uh is in there, the A. Use the code BLAZE when you call. Or visit the website, patriotmobile.com slash blaze. PatriotMobile.com slash Blaze. Either one of those two options, they'll waive your activation fee for making the switch. Again, PatriotMobile.com slash Blaze or 1-800-A-PATRIOT, promo code Blaze. All right, let's get to it. Today's Truth Bomb brought to you by my new book, which isn't too new anymore. It's actually like three months old now. Is there like a, do we know what the statute of limitations is on when a book is no longer new? Is it hot? I don't think it's that either. So it, it, three months, it's got to be so close, your, right? Your stale old book. Most recent. Is that good? Yes. All right. Hey, they said I couldn't do this for a living. Uh, brought to you by my most recent book, Truth Bombs, Confronting the Lies. Conservatives believe to our own demise, endorsed by several people you like a lot more than me. Ben Shapiro, Mark Levin, Glenn Beck, Matt Walsh, Dan Bongino. You can get your copy at where at all fine bookstores where Kamala Harris's books are sold, because apparently we're uh we're shelved together. Or you just go to Amazon.com, buy your copy now. If you've had a chance to read the book and you like it please consider leaving us a five-star review at amazon.com. And we thank those of you that have done so already. So Todd, I, I don't know that I've done this enough. Make fun of soccer. Is this where we're going? Why do you feel like you're being set up here? I just, just guessing. Cause it's not your first day on the job. Yeah. <laughs> why is this? Why is, why is everything why about is this serpent? Well, why is everything about soccer? To you, Todd? Um, I, I feel as if over the years, and, you know, every now and then when you do something right or good on the show, I do try to, I, I've pointed it out, Aaron, haven't I? Every now and then. Yeah, I mean, cool. whenever it happens yeah. every now and then, I've, I've made a well, point of saying, hey, that was good Fridays. by you. Yeah, mostly on Fridays. That, that tends to be your day, right? That tends to be your Prince Spaghetti Day. Todd's, Todd's on fire on Friday. Apparently yeah. saves, saves it all week for Fridays, right? Uh, but I, I've, I've pointed those things out. But, it, it, you know, I wonder if I just haven't, been appreciative enough of you. Hmm. <laughs> and I think, you know, I have forced you to, and, and I got to say, you've handled it with a plum. Uh, I have forced you to endure um, skewerings of, of, of things you hold sacred. And soccer would be one of them, right? Sure. Right. And I kind of feel like um, you deserve a give back, a make good. At least one. Okay. You know, and, and for at least for one day only, friends, Americans, countrymen, I come not to bury soccer, but to praise thee. Because this may be, it, it, at least it ranks highly up there. This may be the greatest call in the history of sport. And soccer was the sport that inspired it. Todd, this is your long distance dedication. And what a game here as Johnson kicks towards the goal. And oh my God, Singh makes a fantastic save. But I believe he hit his nuts on the goalpost. He is down. Let us have a closer look at instant replay. 
not only just self-sacrifice on this play, but sacrificing future generations as well. Obviously going all out for his team, saving the ball right here, but also losing two on the play, putting his balls on the line. Let us have a moment of silence for this man's fallen brothers. As you see right here, he got to the ball and so did the goalpost. Not only taking one for the team, he took two. Talk about going balls out for a play. With that being said, I would like to take this time to recommend you all to see the Nutcracker movie coming out this winter. Wow, this game is absolutely nuts. That was for you. Never let a good crisis go to waste. Never, man. never. Thank you. How cla And for those of you that aren't subscribers to the video feed, you truly cannot appreciate the greatness that that was. Because it, it's it's a perfect description of what actually went down, so to speak, on that play, right? Oh, you that is there ever been lower low lying fruit than that video? Right I see. There? I see what you did there. No. Certain members. It was just the... kind of dangling there, wasn't it? Certain... Yeah, it's... <laughs> <laughs> now that we're in the locker room, uh, my my daughter uh, from one of her track meets this week was telling us uh, how it went and her. Her legs were really tired in the last race, and she retweeted or texted us a gif of uh, a, a runner accidentally running into a pole he couldn't see, and it was <laughs> it was a crash. And she said, "This is how my legs feel," and I told her back, "This, I promise you, it's not how your legs feel." Yeah, well played, Dad. Well played. All right, let's get to it. It's our weekly game of buy, sell, or hold. Aaron is supposed to be responsible for this segment, but he's fairly irresponsible where the segment is concerned. So we tend to turn it over to you, to people. Uh, we get, uh, Todd and I would be the we here. Uh, we get a series of statements, uh, questions, uh, propositions, uh, not of that variety. Uh, and then Todd and I decide, are we going to buy that? Or are we going to sell that? Hopefully we have at least one rational reason why we chose either option. Once per episode, we are permitted to place a hold on what we're being asked to comment upon. But if we do it for any reason other than you're you're asking us to, to discuss something that is, is even beyond and beneath our mediocre intellects, it, it's lameness cannot be calculated. If it's for any reason other than that, then there will be will be some nutcracking going on. I mean, there, there will be some busting happening as the dude code commands. Which is why we hardly ever hold. That's exactly right. Indeed. I see, I see, I see what you're doing. Yeah. This is getting the, the double entendres are flowing now. Yep. See what happened there? Yeah. yeah. Here we go. Yeah. Aaron. You ready? All right. Uh, starting out with this segment that's sponsored but not funded by the yes, ladies, number we one. Never, we never leave the sixth the, grade. Yeah, the go. number, yeah, it's, <laughs> that's true. Uh, the number one Republican vote getter in all of the 2018 midterms across the country, sponsored but not funded by Constantinos Rhoditis, who did not win his election because he lives in the People's Republic of California. He says, by the end of May, Bernie Sanders will be polling at 34% of the Democratic presidential primary polls. That's pretty large. I'm going to sell. Remind me where he is right now. About 24, 26. I thought it was 28. Was it, was it higher than that? At the end of May. I'll buy. I could buy it. I'll buy. Yeah. Here's right. why I could buy it. Okay. I don't, but I don't, I don't doubt your skepticism, Aaron, because that's a big jump. But I think doing the Fox News town hall was a huge win for him. And the reason why I think it was a huge win for him. And I didn't watch any of it, all right? I was doing something for uh, some show stuff and other stuff when it was going on. But I, I did keep 
track of what political Twitter was saying about it. And there were several clips and exchanges where Bernie was using this forum as a platform to attack Fox News. And at one point, Brett Baer says to him, can we get off the Fox News stuff and just get to talking about the issues? See, that's why that was a, and you can tell it was a big win for him because there's reports out today that now a couple of other candidates may be looking at doing the exact same thing. All right. But they won't get nearly the boost from it. Now he'll, he, because he is, he is seen by his potential base of support. He is seen as, and by the way, the numbers that he has now are massive yeah. given the size of the, of the field. Yep. Okay, because everybody's getting a you know splitting up a piece of that pie, and you have another guy in there with a hundred percent name ID, who is a former eight year vice president, and you're going head to head against him, and then the rest of a crowded field, and still pulling a number like that. Um, the base, his potential base of support, I don't believe in a crowded field can go much higher than that, but would be enough to win the nomination given how crowded the field is. And I think I think he grew that he took a big step to reaching that potential base by going on Fox News and dunking on them. See, we looked at his answers of not being able to pay for Medicare for all and things of that nature. That's that's not relevant now. I'm not saying it won't be it, it, it will be relevant in a general election. He'll have to answer some of those questions. And eventually he will give the answer. You guys will remember I said about a year ago that eventually Ocasio-Cortez type of people would start giving answers like when something is morally important and we're already $4 trillion in debt, what's another, it doesn't matter what it costs. We, we, right. He, he's going to give that answer if he's the nominee. And I think he could be the nominee. Uh, those he'll be giving those answers in the next general election mm-hmm. cycle, mark it down. It's coming. All right. But for now that none of that's relevant. He's not running to win a general election right now. He's running to win the nomination of the democratic party and the opportunity that he got to go in there first because even though it wasn't a lot, he got some people on the right to say, hey, I respect the fact that he went there and took those questions. There's no way he could lose doing this. No way. No possible way he could lose. Because he got to, he got to say, hey, I went in there the lion's den. I took on their questions. And then there's just, as, just like the Trump campaign, if he's the nominee, will use clips of that pointing out that he didn't know how to pay for his policies. He's going to use clips of that in this primary campaign of him dunking on the integrity of Fox News. So this was a big boost to him, I believe. Yeah, I. I you want agree. to add to that? No, I. I agree. I think uh, Bernie Sanders is the kind of uh, guy. I think it's a little early May, but uh, in June, July, that's when the debates are going to start happening, and people are going to want to fashion a, a, a an emblem, a stalking horse. Who? Who? Okay, so far. He's pressing the right buttons. People are hungry for that. They've waited a long time to get their guy in the arena, and they need to set a marker. So I think he's, if not quite 34, he's going to be pushing towards it. And and this is not pearl-clutching advice, okay? This is straight-up, legit, if I were a Democratic consultant. What I would tell the other non-Biden candidates— the biggest mistake you could make is if Bernie is polling at anything close to these kinds of numbers when those debates start in a couple of months is to go in there and gang up on him. Agreed. The, you need to be the you want to be the person so that when those debates are going on in, in February and March of next year and the stage has been narrowed, 
you want to be the person who is the only other person on the stage with him. Because because he's not a traditional Democrat. It's not that he's a is socialist views. The Democratic Party is a political party like any other political party in terms of its functionality. There's still tons of egos there. And the idea that this guy, this interloper, who's an independent, coming in, there's plenty of people. I've been loyal Democrat all these years. They want to vote for an actual Democrat. So you want to be... You want to be the candidate. Don't make don't don't Marco Rubio Rand Paul this thing. Smartest thing decision we made on the Cruz campaign. And then we waited too long. We 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 coasted on that decision for too long. The smartest decision we made was to see the Republican primary like an NCAA tournament bracket. And in an NCAA tournament bracket, you 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 can talk about getting to the final four, but you've got to win every weekend first. You got to win your sub-regional first. Then you got to win the then you got to win the regional and then you get to the final four. And and we put those in 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 the Cruz campaign, we gave those had brackets, the evangelical bracket, the the Koch brothers bracket, the immigration hawk bracket, the moderate bracket. And and then you got to decide we, we, you can't compete in all these brackets at once, but you got to compete in more than one. So you have to figure out which of these brackets can we compete in simultaneously without undermining our integrity or brand as a candidate by appearing to appeal and pander when we don't really stand for anything? Democratic Party is the same way. There's the race pimp bracket. There's the open borders bracket. There's the academic bracket. There's the rich white elitist, uh, you know, uh, I think, uh, you know, bracket. You've got to know which of those you're competing in. And, and the reality is you're not to the stage of taking Bernie Sanders on yet. And Bernie's base is so – a percentage of that, of that percentage he has is so, so loyal to him and pre-exists the Kamala Harris's and the Cory Booker's of the world becoming national names that there is literally nothing, literally nothing you can get him to say in, in one of these early debates that's going to disintegrate that base. His floor is very high. His ceiling is low. So what you want to be is you want to be the candidate next to Bernie Sanders at the end. So your target is eliminating the other people in your bracket. That's why in the Cruz campaign, that's why we went after Mike Huckabee and his supporters. That's why we went after Bobby Jindal and his supporters, Rick Santorum and his supporters. Because if we couldn't beat those guys, we weren't going to get to, all right, now that we're in the regionals, how do we take on Marco Rubio? And if we didn't defeat Rubio in the regional, we were never going to get to a final match with us. And we thought it was going to be Jeb Bush and ended up being Donald Trump. Notice that moment never really occurred. So you want to be the person on the stage next to Bernie Sanders. You can't. There is no candidate in this race right now that can take him out because his strength and weakness as a Democratic candidate are the same. That his base is largely from outside the traditional framework of the party. That's both his strength but also his weakness. And that strength means it's very loyal and he has a high floor. The weakness is he has a low ceiling because most of the time Democrats want to vote for Democrats. There will be a time to attack Bernie on the basis that he's not really a Democrat. But if you do that on a stage with 17 people, you're going to get crushed like Rand Paul and, and, and Bobby Jindal got crushed trying to charge in against Trump who is largely a similar construct as a candidate with a base largely outside the traditional Republican electorate. 
you want to be the person next to him at the end that can say it's time for Democrats to come home. And you really want to be the non-white male face next to him at the end. That's what you really want to be. But you taking taking Bernie Sanders on now, you're going to get run over, in my view. Your thoughts on that, Todd? No, uh, same. It's not just because it's Bernie Sanders. I think you explained that more broadly. Uh, you got to be a you first, which doesn't mean tough. I mean, you got to stand out in this crowd one way or the other. But if uh, if instantly you're simply going uh, on the uh, attack of a person and not an idea, regardless of on your right and the left, I don't think you're really going to uh, uh, establish it yourself. People are going to, yes, when... When it's Republican versus Democrat and it goes, it swings one way to personalities, that's a different argument that once we, when you're in your own party, do you have to have some ideas that people are talking about? You have to put something out there and it can't just be going after the the guy that has very much Ron Paul-like said, I don't care. People don't care in the dead old white men uh, clan if he's nearly dead and old and white because he's actually saying things that people have been Mm -hmm. craving. If they try to assassinate him, Mm -hmm. it's a bad look. Mm -hmm. Moving on, Matt Wells says there will be a major schism in the Southern Baptist Convention in the next few years due to the leadership's focus on uh, social justice warrior issues instead of biblical gospel preaching. I'm going to augment Matt's um, submission just a little bit. Uh, Within the next 10 to 15 years, could you see the SBC going the way of the uh, progressive Protestant dodo bird? (sighs) Where it's still there technically, but there's 500 offshoots. Could I see that? In the next 10 to 15 years. I I think you're – I will definitely buy the potential of your augmentation. I think that's definitely possible. Um, The only reason I don't think it's a certainty – is because it is the one de- it has a history here. It's the one denomination in American history that has ever gone liberal and come back. Tell no me, other denomination has done that. Yes, and that that is always a very good point. But tell me who in the SBC leadership right now, because they got rid, they've basically gotten rid of all those guys who actually led that fight, mm-hmm. or, or they tell passed me, away. Yeah. yeah, or they passed away. Tell me who does that now. Well, and this now this is now where I want to go back to Matt's original statement. Can you put that back up there, Matt's original? Okay, here here's the I, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy Matt's statement, but I have my own augmentation to it. Okay, um, it won't just be because there's a departure or a supplementation of social justice issues. Um, in, in placement of or alongside to uh, the preaching of the gospel. It's also going to be because you guys are going to, f- over there, I can see, this is what I can definitely see happening. I can see it coming right now. You're going to fall for a false choice, and maybe you already have. Yep, I know where you're going. And, and what's going to happen is that the, fa- the, the face of those who want to, who want to, who are, are going are gonna to be the ones cre- screaming orthodoxy are going to be the Robert Jeffress types. And so what this is really going to be is it's really going to be an argument. And this has been going on for a while. I mean, when the Southern Baptist invited presidential campaigns, they didn't invite the uh, Cruz was a Southern Baptist. Um, There was another Southern Baptist candidate uh, in the race, too. They invited neither one of us. Only Russell Moore only invited Marco Rubio and Jeb Bush because it really wasn't a presidential forum. It was. Um, trying to sell you guys on amnesty form. That's that's why those two candidates got invited. 
And the two that were actually not Southern Baptists did not get invited. And so what's going to happen here is you guys aren't going to divide over the gospel, Matt. I, I'm, I'm assuming you're asking because you're a Southern Baptist. If I'm wrong about that, I apologize. I've just, I just would assume that's your interest. If you're not, any of you watching are. I don't believe your schism is going to happen uh, over the gospel. It's going to happen purely over politics. It's, it's going to happen because um, you're going to see Cheeto Jesus and Orange Man bad. It's going to be like that scene in The Last Jedi when Rey and Kylo fight over Luke's lightsaber. And what happens to it? Explodes. It explodes in half. All right. That's what's going to happen here. Okay. Ray, Ray and Kylo believe they're fighting over the will of the force, but they're really fighting over what? Not the force. Yeah, not the, a relic of, 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 of an idol. They could just go make another lightsaber. Kylo's lightsaber is actually cooler. You know, it's got that little crossbow at the bottom. It's pretty dope. But it's the, it's the relic-y, you know, symbolism of, you know, that's my family crest. That's what they're fighting over. You know? Um, the force is supposed to transcend all of those things in the Star Wars mythos. That's what you guys are fighting over. You may think you're fighting over the gospel. You're not. I'm just telling you that you're not. You're, you're doing Orange Man Bad versus Cheeto Jesus. One group, one group is embracing social justiceism out of its Orange Man Bad reactionaryism. Another group is then going to say, in the name of Cheeto Jesus, we're the ones holding on to orthodoxy here. And that's why it will fall apart. Because you guys are fighting over a calf, not over the gospel. That's where your schism's going to come, in my view. you have any thoughts, Todd? No, I'll leave that fight to you and Aaron to clear up. I'm, I'm out on that one, but it sounded legit. Am I unfair, Aaron, in this characterization, in your view? No, I don't. I don't think so. Um, that's what I mean. That's basically what we already, as you just pointed out, that's what we're already seeing happen. And there are going to be. I mean, the Southern Baptist Convention is not a. It, even though it is a catch-all phrase, it is not a monolith. There are tons, mm -hmm. sometimes for better or worse, tons of diversity amongst the churches. Some of them are very conservative. Um, some of them are not so much. Um, so. Seeing as, as it's ripe for a schism if the leadership intends and continues to push uh, things on, on the, the rest of the convention that they really have no affinity for. Mm -hmm. Moving on, Neil Huss says, Trump actually follows through on his threat to send illegals to quote-unquote sanctuary cities, and at least one blue state turns red in 2020 because of it. So, I'm going to let you go first <sighs> on both. I have fever dreams about such a thing happening, but no. Not going to happen. There are risky investments, and then there are risky investments. This would be I don't even think it's that risky. I do, but they're they're. we're that's why I'm. That's why I'm going to buy. And if there's if if there's a Trumpian principle that I think is a constant, or if there is a principle in in Trump's life that is a constant, is the links he is willing to go to in order to serve his self-interests, knows no bounds. Whether they be financial, whether they be pleasure, whether they be political, 
Well, Steve, how come he hasn't taken this? Because this is the obvious question that I would ask me. Then how come he's so ineffective in bullying the Republican Party into following through on what the base wants? Because he's not made up his mind that it's in his self-interest to scorch earth the GOP yet. That's why. He's, not, he's got plenty of people in his ear telling him, you can't win a two-front two war. You can't beat the Democrats and the Republicans at the same time. Can't do that. All right? You need every Republican vote you can get. You've got a 42% approval rating other than whoever the hell Rasmussen's calling. That's what they're telling him in his, in, in his ear. People he respects. So there's not, they're not of, he's not of one mind yet on what serves his interest in terms of which buttons to push you know, when it comes to his own party. But I think he's absolutely, so I think he's double-minded extremely there. I think he's absolutely single-minded of purpose, sober-minded, lion-hearted based on the reaction he's gotten from the Democrats when it comes to knowing what serves a self-interest, pushing those buttons. And this is an easy button to push. Easy. And I think you want to stunt. I think the potential benefit of it, there's no blowback whatsoever to this. Not All the right people get offended by this. All of the right ones. So I'll buy just because I think it's, you guys are still probably right, but I don't think it's as an obvious of a, of a no as, as you guys immediately if dismissed a, it. If this was a stock opportunity, I mean, parlaying those things together, it's just, you know, there's high risk and then there's high reward, but I think that's just too high risk for me. All right. Hey, if you, speaking of high risk, you know, it can be really risky uh, trying to buy and or sell a home with a real estate agent that you don't trust. Thankfully, last time we went through this 13 years ago, we had a great agent. We're still friendly with him, Scott Remsburg to this day. Um, I don't know how you would do it if you didn't have your own. Scotty Remsburg, you want to find a guy like that? Use Real Estate Agents I Trust. It's a company that uh, Glenn Beck and his friends started a few years ago because they were frustrated by real estate agents they could not trust. Uh, Folks who talked a good game but then didn't deliver the desired results when the time came. Selling your home, it's a very complicated process. Market value can always be determined by an algorithm. uh, And you're going to genuinely like the agent you're working with because you're going to have to work very closely together. If you want to check every single one of those boxes, go to this website, realestateagentsitrust.com. Easy to remember. So get moving right now, realestateagentsitrust.com. We got about a minute here. Did I did I give you any cause for pause in the case I made for why I think it's not immediate, that there's no way he would go this far? There's... I, I think that can I can I interject? I don't. How think, did you phrase that again? There's no way he's gonna. That there's no way Trump would not take the the the, the because there's the path of, of of shipping some illegals to a sanctuary. There's city. just too many precedent when we felt the same way about things and he hasn't done things. Okay. All right. We'll come back more buy seller hold when we return. Stay tuned. So one of the reasons you hear me harp on, you know, look at the ingredients and the stuff we consume. And, hey, I, I'm not anti-technology. I'm not anti-science. I'm not even anti-pharma. You know, you know, I'm just anti the idea that, you know, 
um, we treat ourselves like we're artificial entities, you know, uh, whenever possible. Okay. Whenever possible, we should seek to put into our body uh, the things that come from our manufacturer, the things that come from nature, that come from our creator. We are live beings. We're not synthetics. All right. Sometimes, you know, sometimes you need a pacemaker. Sometimes you need an artificial heart, an artificial hip. Okay. I'm not, you know, so I'm not, I'm not full granola cruncher here on you. You know, I'm, I'm fine with technology uh, adding to the human condition, but whenever possible, if we can get what we need from the manufacturer, we should. For example, when you need energy, don't go to the gas station. All right. That's where you get fuel for your car. You go into that little shop there and you buy this little bottle with 75,000 ingredients you can't pronounce. No. Uh, you need energy. We all do. All right. Great. You need it. Then get it from the sources uh, where your manufacturer originally fueled you from. And that's where our friends at Brickhouse Nutrition come from. The team of top uh, physicians there have an outstanding product I'm a huge fan of called From Dawn to Dusk, Focused Improvement mood, energy, up to 10 hours, and it's clean, so no jitters, no afternoon crashes, no calories, no sugar. You want to give this product a try? I'd highly recommend it. Right now, you can get 15% off of your first order when you go to BrickHouseSteve.com. It's called From Dawn to Dusk, BrickHouseSteve.com, promo code Steve, to get 15% off of your first order today. Let's get back to it. It's buy, sell, or hold. Here's Aaron. Next one comes from Dutchman. John Kasich primaries Trump with the campaign slogan, postage is coming. <laughs> All the buys. Yep. All oh, my postage is coming. <laughs> um, Carl Clark says, over the next decade, Israel will see exponential growth due to faithful Christians emigrating from hostile secular West. You know what? I will actually... Decade, I will actually buy that. I mean, it's already growing. Mm. What's that going to do to the end times crowd? Well, the the premillennial end times crowd. What's that going to? What 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 what? And let me say this. Gosh, you know what? Why did I do this? Yeah, what label are you, Steve? I hate me sometimes. Do you love my monkey? Why did I open my mouth and go there, knowing? Do you love my monkey? I want to apologize now. <laughs> Can you touch it? I want to apologize to whoever uh, is responsible for the spam folder, the junk folder on my email account for the next 24 hours. Why? Why? And now I almost feel like I have to finish it now since I opened that. I opened the door. Can I? Can I walk away with the, and just pretend like I never made a re- reference like that? Did, did you? I, t- did you touch the monkey? I don't. I, did you love my monkey? What the hell's going on right now? <laughs> Good grief. What are you talking about? Oh, I, I, I oh yeah, that's right. You're a Catholic. I forgot. Should I finish this thought? In any year other than the year of no BS, I'd say no, stop, turn around. But heck, march on. Next statement. <laughs> 
Chuck Gregory says. No BS. I, I, Tiger I, Woods. No BS. I don't have the balls to finish what I really wanted to say. I'm just going to be honest. I don't have the balls to do it. So we're Tiger, just going to move on. Tiger Woods wins another major championship by the end of 2020. Sell. Because it just stop. I, I see. I don't get that. There can't, we can't I, be a sports fan now at all. Yeah, we can't be a, sto- a sports fan. This is that's come on, man. No, just it can't the win be good enough. It took 11 years. The obsession. It is an obsession with Tiger Woods. How do you know? How do you know Chuck is obsessed? The guy's the number one story. He just wanted to know. Maybe can he win another one in a couple of years? Why is that? Why does that, that? Why does that indicate any I, obsession? Have you gone on his Twitter account? Do you know? I mean, is he just tweeting obsession about Tiger it's Woods? It's not a worthy obsession. How do you know he's obsessed? All. Why isn't it? Why isn't it assumed that there can be there other than complete non-plusity? Is that a word? Yes, it is. Yes, now. it is now. All right. There's nothing between non-plusity or obsession. Not, you're either one or the other. Non-plussed or obsessed. Thank you, former Congresswoman Michelle Bachman. Uh, he, uh, that, uh, he's either uh, a terrible Russian agent uh, stooge or the most biblical president ever, and we won't have another. There can be nothing in between. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing in between. Nothing. So red shirt bad or red, Gitos, red, you, red no, Jesus they, saves. They, they, see, this is way... Have you... Was it Armin Katayan who wrote the book about him? He's not a, he's not a good guy. I just... I, so what do you think it's about, just too much fawning. Sir, this is a White Castle. Um, what, do you think he can win another major? What do you think? No. Okay. I, that's There's way more loaded in all of this. Because I just thought Chuck asked us time. if he could win another major, and I didn't think he asked us if we wanted to have And my baby. answer is, who cares? Okay. Did, did Chuck ask us, hey, do you want to have Tiger Woods' baby by 2020? You know what? Todd, is, ask if Todd he, is kind of... Did you want to Tiger, Tiger Woods is, impregnate this is you kind by of, 2020? This is kind of my new Rudy, which I, I switched around to, you know what? I don't want to see Rudy at all, just to spite the people who tell me that I'm... <laughs> now I kind of want to have Tiger Woods' baby, just to spite Todd. <laughs> That's the Iowa fan in you. Yes. Yeah. Aaron's uh, going to come to work with a red shirt on every day. <laughs> um, like Tiger in the Tiger in the final round, as he's wearing a red shirt today. Yes, um, yeah, I think he can. What was it? Were we asked? Can he win one or will he? He will win another one by the end of 2020. I, I think if he does win another one, it will be by the end of 2020. Given his age, um, and you even saw a few of the swings that he took uh, on Sunday after four straight, three straight rounds of highly intense pressurized golf there were a couple of shots even the announcers pointed out he is short arming a couple of these his back just won't permit him to make some of the shots that he used we used to see him make and marvel at 10 years ago um so i'll I'll buy but then i would sell that that he would win much more after that i think age is beginning to catch up with him but keep in mind this is a guy that in the last i think now three majors combined has the lowest combined score of any player on the tour. That's true. So this wasn't fluky. And he did win the tour championship, which is the end of the FedEx playoffs at the end of the season in the fall. And that's kind of considered by a lot of people, the fifth kind of quote unquote, you know, fifth major. So, you know, the last two major events in golf, he won them both, uh, the tour championship and the masters. So I'll buy that he will win another one, but then I, I don't, I, I would totally sell on the notion. He'll catch Nicholas. I think, I don't think he is preserved by all the years he lost, I think it's torn down his conditioning, uh, and and he's closer to being eligible for the senior tour. Next one, Jason says the outcome of the rise of Skywalker will satisfy fans more than the outcome of Avengers Endgame. I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna hold on that. I'm That's gonna, a- I'm gonna, I'm gonna sell. 
I, I agree with the spirit of this post. Yeah, that's interesting. That, that I think J.J. Abrams is absolutely going to go for this is my, I can't be the guy that set into motion yeah. the ruination of Star Wars. Yep. All right. Um, I, I think for sure he is going to write a fanboy nerdgasm. We're going to check so many boxes. And I think when we, when after when we come back after seeing the 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 rise of Skywalker for the first time, it's going to be like when they did this movie, The Purge, election year. And I wrote a column about it at the time that it was literally a movie. It was like they got, they went to the comments section at Vox and said, hey, write a movie script. And that's this would, would come out. I think when we get done seeing The Last Jedi, we're going to walk away thinking this is like if we got five fanboys together and say, what did we ever want to see in a Star Wars film? And they got like nine of the ten in the movie. I think you're going to see the ultimate pleaser. But Marvel... And they're and given the preemptive virtual signaling they're giving about what is coming next. Yeah. All right. Like I wouldn't be surprised if, if when the Fantastic Four is rebooted, Reed Richards and Johnny Storm are doing "Call Me by Your Name." They're actually getting married, not Reed and Sue. And I'm not kidding, by the way, when I say this. All right. They need this movie in order, therefore, to justify what the hit they will take. When they go there, because they're going to go there. They're telling us, they're, you, here's what you can't do. You can't dangle the raw meat in front of the, the, the crowd outside of Lot's house and then say, I have a headache. No, no, no. So they're going there. The few, be warned, we will be doing shows if, if we survive long enough here at The Blaze. You'll hear us do Pop Culture Tuesday shows on, remember when you wanted to take your kids to a Marvel movie? That is coming. But in order for them to do their progressive wish fulfillment, they have to, this, they need, they, this, this needs to be like a $3 billion movie guys. Like the great, this needs to be the greatest single movie in terms of box office ever. And so they're not going to jack with it. Uh, on that note, the next one is from Matthew Itkin, who says Avengers Endgame will beat Avatar in gross sales. If we're talking inflation adjusted, then I will buy. Yeah. Cause I only go by infl- adjusted inflation numbers. Yeah. I think just as Avatar was a glowing polemic, uh, or maybe apologetic is a better word, a glowing apologetic to paganism, and I said that at the time, uh, this will be the same to the Marvel you once knew, all right, which will soon be going away, I promise. I hate to say it. It was a good run. It was a good, but it's going away. They're good. They're good. They are good. They're good to cash in now for their for their social justice warrior points. All right. They're going to Southern Baptist Convention. This son of a gun basically is what we're saying to, to tie together a previous thread we were asked about. But this movie, I believe we're going to walk out of there thinking, I want to go through those three hours all over again, five minutes after it's over. I think it's going to be tremendous. Yeah, I agree. I just, there's a pattern of behavior to follow. I, I would love to have a feeling walking out of a Star Wars movie of greatness, but. Uh, I'm not, I have no right to really, at least within the Skywalker canon, I can't expect that, but I absolutely can expect it uh, from Endgame, so I'm going with that. Switching topics with Whiplash now, Bradley Bacon says, in an effort to appeal to the swing states, the Democrats will pair their intersectional nominee with Uncle Joe. Uh, he says Biden, not Stalin. Sell. You couldn't, you, sh- you know. So we we yeah. are, right now, we're kind of all in agreement now. We view him as the Jeb Bush of 2020. Yep. All right. Now, at any point, one of us decides that that's not the case. We'll have that conversation. But kind of the official and when it was something becomes an official show position, when we all share one mind on something. 
All right. So the official show position right now is Joe Biden's dead man walking. He's he's Jeb Bush 2020. That's our official show position. I only included this because several people sent in something similar. Jacob Arthur says, because Notre Dame will be rebuilt with government funds, it will become an interfaith worship center. You know, take that one first. It, there's already something called a competition about how to proceed architecturally with this thing. And there's been all kind of woke columns being written about how there's, I, I, I'm going to butcher, I'm paraphrasing, but the, 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 the cathedral is already too pregnant with, with uh, meaning that perhaps is past its time. So the very thing that one would hope could be born out of the ashes of this, less than 24 hours, hours after, you know, the, the, the wokeness is already seeking to do something along the lines of this. It is all, now the fact, I did not know this, but it's all, it's, I don't know in how it actually functions that way, but it, it is owned by the nation of France. It's not owned by the Catholic Church. I'd imagine how that happened was, you know what happens when there's fewer people in a church? They don't, tithe yes and they don't tithe anymore so you can't even take care of your own stuff so you have to give it away and you're on welfare Mm -hmm. that's a joke Mm -hmm. and so it makes sense that something along these lines is going to happen now i know people who have been there recently had a faith-filled experience you know masses still perform there so again i don't know how that functions but uh, uh, this is short of some sort of great uh, revival that happens. I think that's just that's obvious that well, something what you like just this is going to happen. This is why I had you go first because I'm totally buying this. But I suspected that you would give the better explanation as to why my instincts tell me to buy. And really, what you just described is the National Cathedral in Washington D.C., yeah. which was originally built by Episcopalians. A lot of your founding fathers were Episcopalians. The image of the parson ripping off his collar to then grab his musket and then go out and fight the redcoats. You know, classic you know, black robed regiment from that, from the colonial era. Um, You know, that was, I think that was even the official church of Virginia. I think we're the Episcopalians. I could be wrong about that. And now of course the Episcopalian church is a symbol of Mm -hmm. nuttery essentially. So they still have Christian services at the national cathedral Mm -hmm. and they have Friday services for Muslims there too. That's kind of what you're describing. I absolutely believe that's what will come next. Yes. Got time for a few more. Uh, Tailforth says, within two years, mixed-race relationships will become taboo in the eyes of the zeitgeist, and half-Caucasian children will be expected to publicly deny and apologize for the white parent at the weight of dissension that our culture is. I'm totally buying this. So in other words, we're going to go from one pendulum to the other. Yep. All right? Yep. So he's essentially saying progressivism is regressivism. Yep. Bye. Bye. Now, do I think it will be, it will, this will happen within elite white circles of progressivism. I totally agree with that. Okay. Um, but, but that's largely what is, you know, monolithic in media and, and, and on social media. So, so say we all. Yeah. Bye. All right, moving on to Jeffrey Richardson. Within the next decade, there will be a hate speech bill passed through Congress. Uh, the Equality Act, I'm, I'm going to augment this one as well, Jeffrey. Uh, I would say within the next year, the Equality Act yeah. gets passed by seller hold. Next decade, yeah, that's buy. I mean, buy it, it, it will world, die yeah. in the Senate. It will, it, will it get through the House? Yeah, I'll buy. Yeah. 
another one, Mycodon Arrington says, a generation not thought of by previous generation to be society's downfall, the Israelites who crossed Jordan into the promised land. Well played. Well played. Um, that was good. Yeah. You only had to go back a couple of thousand years, but you found one. Uh, one more. Yeah. I, I, I nailed it too. He got it right. Uh, so that's it. Uh, one, one last one, a sports related one. Uh, do you buy the notion? It's not about Tiger Woods, is it? Uh, you, <laughs> I'd rather have you bring a baseball instant replay with Todd yeah. sitting here at this point. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Uh, do you buy the notion that teams ever draft with their upcoming schedule for the previous, for the following year in mind? No, no. I do think, well, yes, in that, in the division they play in, cause they're going to play all of those teams and they know that going in. All right. So if you're in a division where you've got a lot of big play wide receivers and you're going to play a fourth of your schedule against those teams, then I do think you draft with that in mind, but not based off of the interdivisional crossover games that change year to year. So and the reason, so teams absolutely do draft based off their divisional schedule, who those teams but are, because they play them into, every yeah. single year. Yeah. yeah. But no, not the uniqueness of whatever particular year. No, that doesn't happen. All right, that's it. Hey, late last year, the Manhattan uh, District Attorney's Office uh, released a grand jury report that noted uh, law enforcement there had received a couple of thousand complaints of deed fraud. Uh, and most of them involved what they described as a faulty, they put that in put that in quotation marks, a faulty notarization. Can I just tell you the year of no BS what that is? People attempted to forge their way on about 2,000 homes there. Uh, in that district. The problem was so bad, the grand jury called it uh, an epidemic. And criminals right now, they're looking for vulnerable properties. Scammers are scanning through the obits, uh, looking through public records. Why? Because the most valuable investment the vast majority of Americans will ever possess uh, is their own home, particularly the equity in your home. For pennies a day, you can protect it with our friends at Home Title Lock. They'll put a virtual barrier around your home's title and mortgage which means your equity. You can go to HomeTitleLock.com right now, register your home to learn if it's already been compromised. This is a title scan and report. Normally that's a $100 value. It's free for those of you that are tuning into us today on The Blaze. All you've got to do is go to HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. Final thoughts. Uh, what did we learn here today? Aaron? Uh, never to bring up Tiger Woods again, apparently, because... Todd is, Todd is. Todd's uh, already at Bah Humbug. Yeah. Can't have Christmas carols before the day after Thanksgiving. Yeah. yeah. Todd, Todd, Todd's, Todd's no. You're Megan, you're the Megan trainer of the show. Your name is my name, no. My sign is no. Your sign is no. His number, number is, is no. no. Iron sharpens iron, man. Not to the ah to the no. Oh, no. 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 Thanks for tuning in here today. We're back at it again tomorrow. Todd permitting. John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.